0: who study predicts 35 million cancer cases in the next 30 years a 77 percent increase that That's is insane shocking right Adam? how can that possible how can
1: that be possible I thought we were
0: I thought we were doing better in fact I just read this morning uh, cancer patients in London became the first in the UK to receive an experimental treatment known as mrna therapy uh, it's it It is treating melanoma, lung cancer, other solid tumors. It works by showing the patient's immune system common tumor markers and then training it to not reproduce cancer cells, you know, to target cancer cells. It's early stages, but uh, the therapy could reach the market, you know, in a few years. And we even over at NMDP, formerly Be the Match, Uh, You no longer need a 100% match to get a bone marrow transplant. And that's just changes that have been made within the last year since my bone marrow transplant or stem cell transplant. It's the same thing. And I thought, oh, my gosh, we are killing it. We're doing it. Now we have AI. We should be able to cure cancer in a matter of years. But this new study just really put me back on my heels. Dr. Nisha Jacobs is from Minnesota Oncology. She's joining us now on the show. Dr. Jacobs, are you as, you're probably not, but are you as surprised as head of an IR about this extraordinary increase in the next 30 years?
2: Good morning. Um, actually, it doesn't come as that much of a surprise. Our health habits really haven't improved that much. I think our treatments for cancer and our screening for cancer have improved but generally, our health habits, are, the, I think, are what's causing this increase worldwide.
1: So that was going to be my next question. Uh, the, the line from A Christmas Carol pops in my head. Uh, are these the things that will be or merely that will, are, are expected if things don't change?
2: So, you know, a couple things. One, our population is definitely getting older, and cancer tends to be a disease of older people, generally speaking, although um, the American Cancer Society had a little bit of a discrepant report that came out two weeks ago that's showing younger and younger people are getting cancer. But generally, as we're living longer because health conditions are getting better, we are more prone to develop cancer because generally, you know, aging bodies are harder to heal. Um, so you the
0: t- other, No, no, you finish. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Doc.
2: Oh, no, no, I was saying, so that, you know, generally speaking, since the population is getting older, we are going to see an increased incidence of cancer, but worldwide, you know, we have pollution. That's a major risk factor for cancer. We've gotten better about the indoor pollution with detection of radon, but the outdoor pollution is still a major risk factor, as evidenced Mm -hmm. by the poor air quality alerts we see quite often even here in the United States. Um, The other things include tobacco use, obesity, alcohol. All of those are worldwide problems that really aren't getting much better.
0: So are we talking about the 70% increase in cancer by 2050 in just preventable cancers? And I guess the greater question is, are they all preventable?
2: You know, No. So the, the increase in cancer, if you tease out the report, um, the increase in cancer is pretty varied. So we'll see there's an increase in breast cancer. There's an increase in colorectal cancer. Um, we do see an increase, like, for example, cervical cancer in sub-Saharan Africa. So we see an increase incidence, but it depends on where you're looking in the world. So the United States, the westernized countries, we're seeing more of an increase in colorectal cancer, mostly because our diets are terrible. We have... Mm-hmm. Um, so much processed food, so much red meat, you know, the carnivore diet, these keto diets, all of these things, they decrease obesity, which is also another risk factor for cancer, but it's also decreasing obesity, but it's how you get there. So increasing these processed foods and red meat, it's really a lot of toxins for your gut. So we're seeing a lot of colorectal cancer in the United States, but that's not necessarily the trend worldwide. We're seeing other preventable cancers worldwide.
1: We are talking to uh, Dr. Nisha Jacobs from Minnesota Oncology. You, you briefly mentioned it at the start, but how, what, what role does just increased screening play in this? Are we getting So I assume we're getting better at identifying different types of cancers, which is also adding to this increase in the number.
2: Absolutely. So in the United States, we have excellent access to quality health care, which makes a huge difference. So we're seeing uh, an increased incidence, of course, in breast cancer, the colorectal cancer screening age decreased down to 45 from 50. So the incidence is going up, but that's because our screening measures are, are getting better. Um, the incidence is also going up because these environmental factors, as I mentioned, you know, the air pollution, tobacco, obesity, alcohol, all of those other things the incidence is going up, but the other countries don't have access to the screening measures like we do. So not only are they getting diagnosed at a later stage, they're also dying from it, because as you know, the later the diagnosis of cancer happens, the harder it is to treat. Doc, uh, what
0: is, (laughs) is there any good news in this? Because Adam and I are both advocates. We've both Yep. You know, worked for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We've raised money uh, to, to you know, get rid of cancer. Is there any
2: good news? Is there any hope?
1: Well, I think the better screening is good
0: news, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, better screening is good news. And then, you know, the, if you look at it, the mortality from cancer is a decrease in the United States. It's increased everywhere else, again, because of poor access. But in the United States, the mortality is down because... We get screened earlier, we get diagnosed earlier, and then we have access, again, to those life-saving treatments, whereas if you look at, you know, sub-Saharan Africa, cervical cancer, for example... Vaccine uptake is better here. We don't have vaccine uptake there. That increases the incidence. They don't get screened and then therefore they get diagnosed later and then they're more likely to die of it. So the trend is really important because it this, this study looked at 115 different countries and the burden of cancer is felt differently in the third world countries compared to us. And that is going to be different, you know, going forward. When
1: we talk about the U.S. and you mentioned our poor diet being a factor in colorectal cancer and other cancers, which cancer is it that probably is the biggest, uh, obviously they're all serious, and no matter which one somebody's diagnosed with, that's the, that's the only importance to them, but which cancer in the U.S. do you think is the most troubling in how it is impacting our, our population?
2: It, honestly, the, I, I do predominantly colorectal cancer, so I may be biased with it. I just saw a 29-year-old last week with no family history, should should not have gotten cancer, you know, marathon runner, and had colorectal cancer. And I'm seeing this compared to 10 years ago. My average age for these patients was 50 to 60. Now I'm routinely seeing patients in their 20s and 30s with colorectal cancer. And that's that, incredibly and troubling. That's,
1: and that's diet? Do you think? Is that what?
2: Yes. Um. I, I've definitely think that's diet. So, you know, a lot of it is I've never really eaten red meat my entire life, mostly for these reasons, but there's more and more data coming out how detrimental red meat is is to the colon, the entire gastrointestinal tract. We're having more additives in our food, more preservatives. Everything is, you know, grow, grow things faster so we can consume them faster. Well, that's with the addition of hormones, that's with the addition of antibiotics, that's it, red meat itself is, is toxic to the gut as well. So if we can change the diet, we can reverse this trend, it'll take time just like it took time to get here.
0: Doc, give us a little advice. Nobody wants colorectal cancer. We're hoping to put you out of business and I'm sure that's the goal eventually. But um, then what should we be eating? You said, okay, uh, no red meat. We understand red meat's bad for us. Is that, is that enough? to lower cancer rates by eliminating red meat or what should we be eating?
2: The other thing is really try to incorporate more fiber into the diet. So 15 grams to 30 grams is what's recommended. Um, that fiber gets converted into short-chain fatty acids, which helps to protect the lining of the gut and helps to protect it from some of these toxins. So fiber is a huge thing. And um, that's another thing, you know, where the plant-based diet is helpful, but you can also supplement. You can do Metamucil. You can do Benefiber. Other things to increase the fiber intake will, be greatly, uh, will greatly reduce the risk for colorectal cancer. That's a hard um, sell though, thing- I'm I'm sh- I, I oh, mean, sorry, I, do your,
0: No, do your patients give you pushback? They're like ah I'm not doing plant based. Do they do the,
2: do you get pushback on that? You know what? Cancer is so scary. I'm actually not getting a ton of pushback because so much of cancer is out of your hands. You know how, how it biologically behaves, that will the treatments work, will they not? So much of it, you, you do the best you can, but a lot of it's out of your hands in terms of the trajectory. So the things you can control, diet, exercise, these, these modifications, people are really just very happy to take some control back in the disease process because this is things that they can control and decrease the risk of this cancer coming back.
1: Excellent information, uh, Dr. Yeah. Jacobs. Thank you so much for the time today, and uh, we'll check in in the future, but thank you so much for the time.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't lose hope just yet, though, okay? Okay, I won't,
1: okay. Uh, but I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> thinking about that steak thank I had this weekend, though, and I'll maybe plant-based diet is the way to go. You're on the forefront, Jordana.
0: You, you, well, you know? Yeah, I think she's right. I think, and no one ever said it to me, by the way. No one ever said, Jordana, stop eating meat, go plant-based. No one ever said that to me, but... I know a couple of my doctors mm-hmm. at Mayo are vegan. Yep. And I thought, okay, this is the best of the best. And they never said, Jor, stop eating meat. They, In fact, my bone marrow transplant specialist said, you need protein. right? So, you, you know, do you eat meat? You need that. Of course, you can get it in many other yes. forms, not necessarily red meat, which I've learned now because I've done some lots of research on this. But um, this is... What she's saying, I'm a huge advocate for this now. These are solvable problems. These diet-related incidences, like even things like diabetes, which, again, a devastating diagnosis, but it's not like getting cancer. Um, any kind of heart disease it could be a devastating diagnosis, but it's not like getting cancer, yeah. at least until you have a heart attack. You know, that's bad yeah. also. But I I really wish people are paying more attention right. and... um thinking about what they put in their mouth. I mean, would that make you change your mind about anything, Adam? It's a moderation.
1: I love red meat and yeah, I love try, and we're getting texts. Mm-hmm. Yes, we know beef farmers are critical to this country. I'm not saying, yeah, let's just give up on red meat and beef. No. Oh, that's not what I'm saying. And now Well,
0: I am. I mean, I'm going to go out there. I understand beef farmers are critical to this country. I get it. But maybe we need to change the system then. Maybe we need to stop eating so much beef. And switch those farms to something else. Like, I'm really saying that. If she's telling us Mm -hmm. that red meat is causing the cancer rates to go up, why are we not listening? Really? So we're prioritizing economics over the health of this country, which, again, comes back to bite us in the ass when we're all sick with the cancer treatments. My treatment's over a million dollars, and and mine wasn't food-related. Yeah. I just I don't know why we're not listening because the research is there that being on a plant-based or almost mm-hmm. plant-based diet would solve these problems.
1: Well, then we got to transition our farmers to do uh different kind of we farming because I'm not ready to turn my back on them like you are clearly already.
0: Again, <laughs> I'm kidding.
1: Yeah. But no, I, I haven't
0: said this on the air. And before, moderation I, too. I, I and moder
1: suppose. we can start with moderation too, right? I mean, we're not, you know, if you like hundred percent, right? It's, you don't mm-hmm. need to have yeah, mm-hmm. burgers, you know, three or four nights a week or whatever it is, but, uh, something to and chew when on. When you
0: really look in, when you, it's something to chew on I when know. you really look into it, it is because the lobby is so strong and I'm talking meat, chicken, eggs, everything, all animal based farming. I understand. And this is probably not something you want to hear, but the lobbies are so strong. And oftentimes this industry is a large part of the backbone of our economy. Right. And I get it that people say, "Oh, well, we don't want to get rid of that, but there are new ways to farm. There are new things to farm. The more people go plant-based, they need a, a different variety set of mushrooms, different kinds of vegetables. There are other things you can farm." And we're thinking and, about
1: and we're thinking we're thinking about small family farmers is and you what we're not it's that's not really what we're talking about because it's these huge Corporate farms that are raising these cattle and pumping them up with all kinds of hormones, including our poultry, that mm-hmm. are causing the problems too. Because there are plenty of people who are organic farmers or farmers who are who are doing it the right way, raising mm-hmm. natural natural uh, beef cattle or dairy cattle and mm-hmm. chickens. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. that is uh, something that. Absolutely should be focused on too. Uh,
0: and there are some people that are never going to give up meat, and that's fine. So, like you said, yep. farming in a sustainable way, less antibiotics. Um, I think I think small steps toward this process would
1: help. Eleven twenty one. News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Lots of reaction coming in on the city's uh, talk and text line. Uh, keep it keep it coming 9226 Jordan is coming for your meat it <laughs> well, sounded bad. That was troubling. That was, that, troubling. that I'm was sorry. troubling. I'm sorry. Pull that sound. Let's try that in three, two. One. Jordana is coming Again. for your
0: steak. <laughs> there you go. And someone said, Jordana, I'm liking you less and less because of your extreme views on everything. Yeah. Guys, you get to do what you want to do, right?
1: It's well, just... it is a little extreme to say. You know, we're getting rid of beef farms, like just because we're. No
0: one said that. Who said that? You just did. I said they could transition into different kinds of farmings but I didn't say all of them have to be no, That's what I heard. Right
1: that's what I heard and that's what I'm going to do. It's the American about way. It's the American way for me to th- pretend what you said and then get I get mad because of what I think you said. That's how I do it. Okay. That's how we that's do
0: right. it in America. That's, that's okay. <laughs> and Again, I think that if the research was really there, if we knew – and by the way, the research is there. I mean the doctors know about this. The the people who are vegetarian or vegan have been shouting this from the rooftops for years and years and years. The studies are there. We just don't want to hear it because we like steak and we are so embedded with the meat lobby, the beef lobby, that people don't want to change. But again, it's generational. It It is. It will change eventually. Yeah,
1: it it Mm -hmm. slowly will change. And do I see it like in the future where we're not eating animals? I think that trans. Yes, if I look, Mm -hmm. I I think probably if humans last that long, (laughs) (laughs) that will be part of the evolution of the species. But you know Mm -hmm. what? And some people hear that and know it, but they just. Like some people know, like drinking is bad for them, yet they mm-hmm. continue to drink or smoke it. cigarettes sure. or whatever it is.
3: Sure. I do think, Jordana, the decision that you've made um, it, for a lot of people is extreme. Like to go from a for life them. where where mm-hmm. there's been a long tradition in this country of mm-hmm. we we eat beef, we eat red meat, like that's yeah. part of the diet, and to go from that to... All of a sudden, being vegan, I think is extreme. And to suggest that all of those hundreds of farmers would have to find something else to do, like that is extreme. But what's not extreme is to look around and go, all right, I used to eat meat at 14 meals a day or or a week, I mean, or almost every meal or whatever, 14 (laughs) meals a day. Um, And I'm going to decide to only eat meat at five meals a week or something like that. That's not extreme. That's something we can Mm -hmm. all do. Okay, like that's fine. I'll make... Spaghetti tonight, and yep. I'll leave the ground beef out because if I do that in incremental ways throughout my life, you know, I can help my health. You know what
1: is a very minuscule, but what to your point is this idea, and I think a lot of us have an idea that every meal or most meals need that mm-hmm. protein center of animal protein. And it's Mm -hmm. like the other night we had, I can't remember what the dish was, but it was like, hey, there's no animal protein in this. And it's just as delicious. And it's just Mm -hmm. as filling. And we had that mindset like, yeah, there's always got to be, you know, that's the center of the, that's the Mm -hmm. star of the dinner is the animal protein. And I think it's good to like mix it up a little bit. And nobody should be like ashamed or you shouldn't be mocked for, you know, coming up with a different way to eat. So. I think we are right. changing.
0: And I'm no, in no way suggesting that you all become vegans because you know what? It is hard for some people. Yep. It wasn't hard for me. It wasn't hard for And Mark does it too. And when my kids are in my house, they do it too. It wasn't hard for us because the studies were very compelling. Yep. So it wasn't hard for us. Mm-hmm. So we made that transition and well, I certainly don't miss it. And if I missed it, I would eat it once in a while. Yep. You know, it doesn't have right. to be everything so cut and dry and, oh, you know, every now and then I miss sushi. But if I miss sushi, I can eat vegetable sushi. You get the same yeah. sort of fix. Um, but it might not be for everybody. But the the idea that cancer is on the rise, and you just heard a physician tell us that colorectal cancer is on the rise because of diet. Yeah. And for people to just say, ah, screw that, I'm going to eat meat anyway. Like, I I think we should have more of an open mind about the causes of our diseases and what we are willing to do to have a healthier life.
1: Uh, We'll take a break. And then when we come back, I've been telling you this for months. And it was just proven, it's been proven again about immigration and my feeling on immigration and why it's such a frustrating topic. And uh, we'll get back to that. Next. night We'll lighten it up with immigration talk. Yeah, with Next. immigration. Yes. <laughs> uh, as long as we have elections, we're not going to solve immigration. It's just, as long as we have elections, things. we're not going to solve immigration. If you needed any other proof or further proof <laughs> that the reason there's not going to be an immigration deal is because of Donald Trump, uh, I don't know what to tell you anymore. Because as anticipated over the weekend... A bipartisan Senate Mm -hmm. group comes up with this immigration deal. And if you think this is some, oh, friendly deal that still allows a bunch of people to cross the uh, border illegally, uh, no. In fact, I I heard reading and understanding about it. It's pretty harsh for people. Unless you can prove you are seeking asylum, we'll start turning you around.
0: Here's how some of it would work, yeah. out. So just so I can yes, give it to the listeners that, that haven't read about it. The deal would not grant amnesty to anyone mm-hmm. who has already entered the United States illegally. Yeah. It would build more barriers to mm-hmm. future amnesty claims. It would hike funding for immigration and customs enforcement so it could keep 50,000 migrants in custody. The figure right now is about 34,000 today. And also something that you said earlier that normally, and maybe it was before the show. Sorry, No, that's all right. Thinking nope. about our show meeting, um, you said currently now when migrants come to the border and they say I'm seeking asylum, it takes how long for them to actually get in front of a judge? Well, this
1: is so, so they do ca- ca- catch and release, or there's another term for it. But right. like you cross illegally, they give you a sheet right. of paper. Okay, you're going to be before a judge. It's usually seven to 10, not months, years. Yeah, before. just want to be clear yes. that it was
0: years instead of months. So years before.
1: So it's basic- and,
0: and this bill would change that. Right. This bill says within six months you need to get a hearing. And that's that's legitimate, yes. Adam. These are legitimate things that I think, well, hopefully all of us want.
1: Right. We want people here to come legally because we need immigrants. If you look at uh, any kind of job situation, we need legal immigrants. <laughs> immigrants. Legal. Do I want mm-hmm. 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 people crossing the border illegally a day? No. And mm-hmm. nobody's advocating for that on this show. Nobody nope. has advocated for that on this show. So, and this is it a perfect deal? No, but you know what? It's it's been worked out in a bipartisan nature in the U.S. Senate, but it is dead on arrival. It probably won't even get a House vote. You know why? Probably won't get a House vote because they don't want to vote on it in the House because God forbid it might pass. Actually, the U.S. House of Representatives, but they can't because Donald Trump is telling members of uh, Republican members of the Congress of the House,
0: mm-hmm.
1: no. And the reason they won't because it'll be looked as if it'll boost Joe Biden's poll numbers, and that's where we're at as a country. And no, I'm not saying the right is the only side that does this because it happens too when we have Republican presidents that, yeah, God forbid we do something good for the people of the country that might reflect good on the current office holder in the White House. But if you tell me that this
0: happens less, though, you know, Supreme Court judges get installed, it happens less.
1: Okay. I think it will.
0: Not I saying it never happens. I don't know but about it happens less.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know, and I don't know about mm-hmm. less. I think on maybe different, more uh, on issues of uh, lesser importance, maybe.
0: Okay, I'll fair enough. That.
1: But again, uh, uh, how do we expect to get anything done? And I know that's so cliche. Nothing ever gets done. But how do if, if oh, it doesn't? It, it, mm-hmm. what, what again? I just go back to the system of government we have, and it's again, it just. I've beaten the same drum here, but it just goes back to winning elections. That's all that matters. It's just winning elections and holding on to power. And-,
0: and people need to be listening to this. People need to hear House Speaker Mike Johnson and several other Republicans say this bill is dead on arrival. That's it. We're not even going to look at it. We're not going to consider it. And Adam, it's because they don't want to hand Joe Biden a win. Friends. Friends, if you really believe we need comprehensive legislation, I'm not saying this bill is perfect. I haven't read the whole bill. I just read the highlights. I don't read bills. I'm not a lawmaker. I I certainly read the highlights. And I thought, you know what? This is reasonable. And Republican senators were involved, as well as Democratic senators were involved in drafting this. If you believe that we need to do something, and I believe that— We need to do something. And hearing lawmakers say it's dead on arrival, we're not even going to look at it, is counterproductive to any advancement in this country and any solution to solving the border crisis. Please notch that away when you go and vote for whoever, Senator, whomever, you're you're going wherever you live to vote for. Because I, I think all Americans would like a solution to our immigration issue. Here is a proposal For a solution, it's not perfect. But to say it's dead on arrival and not even hear it, not even listen to it because it might look good for Joe Biden, that is not an acceptable answer. That's not how you legislate. Or that's not how we should legislate. No, not at all. As Americans, we need to shut that down. As Americans, as the electorate, as citizens of this country, we need to say that is not okay. Mm -hmm. And use the power of the vote to change it if you want to change it.
1: And I guess the the I guess a more palatable thing, or a more or a, a, a more likely thing, would be to have this happen in a not in an election year because it happens in the state level too, where things get done usually when it's not an election year. And we just kind of assume we play the game. We go, "Well, it's an election year, of course we're not going to get it done." But that's such BS. After a while, it's like, do, "Okay, do you, then do we really elect these people to?" Uh, to further our best interests as a as a country and as a citizenry, or do we just elect them and know that we play the game and then we believe what we want to believe? And they tell us what to believe, and it just makes no sense. Because if Congress and the presidency and the legislative body are supposed to advance uh, things that make this country better, they're not right. doing it. And That's right. And it's enough... <laughs> It's just, it's so frustrating because, okay, let's say we solve it. And again, you're right. This is not a, there's no, first of all, let's stop with the, what's the perfect solution? There is no perfect solution. There's going to be a solution that some people are going to be upset with and other people are going to be Mm -hmm. upset with for certain reasons. Okay. Mm -hmm. But something that we, that makes things better, like, you know what? It's not perfect, but you know what? It sure is improving things. Okay. Now that's Mm -hmm. taken care of. Now we can focus on other things too like cancer we were just talking about or other mm-hmm. things where we need um legislation and we need policy in different parts of the country that uh, i mean can you even like comprehend what what that would be like would that hey you know wow they're actually getting things done in in congress they're solving problems maybe not to my t- perfect liking but it, i i just i can't even imagine what that would be like i mean it's just it's so frustrating
0: I- And I know people's argument is close the border. We don't do anything until you close the border. Well, don't hold hostage decent legislation or a stab just because it doesn't have what you want. This would create more restrictions at the border. That's a good thing. You know, this whole close the border. I mean, what does that even mean? We have asylum laws in this country. That happens. We're not in a COVID time anymore. People still do come here that are seeking asylum. So I, the whole—if you don't close the border, we won't vote for anything. Again, you're you're not willing to compromise. You're not willing to really solve the problem because maybe part of the problem is keeping, uh, you know, the border open to true asylum seekers but weeding them out. So closing the border—that it's not a solution. That's a talking point. That's a way to rail against the machine. So. People need to be more reasonable if we truly want to solve this instead of just using it as a campaign talking point.